Welcome to Tuning In with Kathy Presland and Marin Enkelman. We have conversations about human nature at work, how to be more of who you are and have more of what you want. So Marin, hello. Good morning. So today we thought we would talk about feedback, about giving and receiving feedback. This is partly in a performance management context. It's something that's come up a couple of times recently with clients of mine, and it seemed like something that was really helpful to focus on. What is it that when we're receiving feedback, what is it we're listening for, and how can we take it in a way that it isn't personal to us, but it actually is helpful? And obviously, when we're giving feedback, what is it that is going to be most helpful to the person we're talking to? And It's actually quite a broad topic because, as we had an earlier discussion, it took us into areas around performance management systems, around lots of things about quality of leadership and performance challenges outside of just the moment of giving the feedback. But in this episode, we'd like to focus specifically on on the giving and the receiving of feedback and then perhaps pick up some of the other wider issues in, in future episodes. That's what we've got on the agenda for today, Marin. Feedback, as we discovered last time we talked about, is such a weird thing, and um, and it is such a personal, such a personal issue as well. And for me, it's it's also a topic of great development in the last few years because my relationship to back has changed a lot. Yeah, so let's talk about it. It's interesting, isn't it, how sometimes we take feedback personally and it feels as if there's some kind of hidden agenda or insult behind what we're hearing and how sometimes we just Mm. we can just take it completely objectively to me it's partly the difference in how we're receiving it but a lot of that is also the difference in how the feedback is being given and I think the starting point that we want for this is that everything that we we perceive and everything that we say not just in this episode but in general we're filtering through our own thinking. We're filtering everything we see and everything we say in the world that we create through what we're thinking in that moment. And it's the thinking-feeling connection that gives rise to the emotions, to the reactions, to the feelings of frustration or defensiveness or obviously (laughs) recognition if we're getting really good feedback. We're not hearing anything objectively. It's as if the landscape is completely neutral and we are colouring the landscape in a personal way, which is why sometimes somebody can make a comment to us and it's funny, we don't take it personally at all, even though they might intend it as a slightly sly insult. Mm. And on another occasion, we might hear the same comment and we do take it very personally. It isn't the comment, it isn't about the person, it isn't the content of what's being said. It's our state of mind in the moment that is colouring everything that's coming into our world. And so therefore, we create a world where people are uh, loving towards us, people are, uh, are mean towards us. That's something of our creation. And this is as true of us, of course, as it is of the person who is giving the feedback. So I had a, a very interesting conversation with a client a couple of weeks ago who'd just been through a performance assessment process at work and was talking about the feedback her manager had given. And, and, and I reminded her about this, that just as she is hearing it through through the filter that she's that she's seeing the world through or hearing the world through in that case so it's also true that he is only seeing what is his creation of thought in the moment 
In fact, we joked about it because he made a lot of comments about how overloaded the department seemed to be and how much work there was and how it was important to focus. And these were the issues that he was experiencing. This was the world that he was living in, a world that was overloaded, where he felt he didn't focus enough. It was not a direct reflection of her, but in his mind, that's the image that he's projecting in the world because that was his state of mind in the moment. So I think it's interesting when we start to hear feedback, understanding that it's coming through the through the filter that the person giving the feedback is is wearing, then it's much easier to step back and not take it personally. Has that been your experience, Marin? What I found for for me personally that knowing you know that no one no one else can actually put something into us in, in terms of feelings. It's coming from from my thinking, whatever I feel, has helped me enormously to differentiate or kind of pick out the the helpful bits of feedback. I think it's still really, you know, especially when you think about formalized processes in in work situations where you get marked for for certain aspects that are expected of of you, and and also. This is a process that has been installed to, to make giving feedback less of a personal affair, more like more objective situation. And, and in most cases, it still isn't. It always has that personal perspective, as you just said, of the person who's giving the feedback. It's just to see that it's always possible to, whatever feedback you get, to take the bits that are taking you forward because it is good to have a different perspective on on your performance it's good to to be in conversation and to see where you are in, in comparison to others but to really see that this is never it can't ever be an objective assessment because that's just simply not possible well it's simply not possible because we live in in kind of a world that we're making up to one degree or another and it reminds me when you talked about performance and being objective it reminded me of a conversation I had this week with my son who's just about to complete his A-levels the final examinations he does at school and he'd had some feedback on a, an essay in history I said how was it he said oh mum it was really useful there's just one thing that I need to change I got 12 out of 20 and the teacher said if I just changed this one thing I could get 20 out of 20. Wow. And so we talked about what it was but What's interesting to compare that to a work scenario is that there's a there's a marking scheme. Yeah. The game of these examinations is that you have to meet these certain criteria in order to get certain marks. And it's partly objective, but obviously there's partly a subjective interpretation of the person marking it. And it's absolutely not about the student. It's this is the marking scheme. These are the points that you got yeah. for what you wrote. If you had written this thing differently, you would have got more marks. Super simple. If you want to play the game of doing as well as you can in your exams, which you know, which is a pretty normal thing for us to want to do, then this is what you can do so that next time you get more marks. Mm-hmm. The comment on the essay was completely separate from you didn't try hard enough. You weren't astute enough. There was nothing about my son or his teacher in that conversation. It was very much about yeah this is the game of school this is what it takes to get more points in this game oh great I like this game 
I'm going to work harder to get more points next time. And I'm not trivializing it by talking about it as a game, but in a way works exactly the same. We've designed processes and systems. It doesn't make them the best processes and systems. It's just the ones that we've all signed up to. Mm. This is the game that we're playing in this organization. We do things in a certain way. Sure, there's scope for innovation, but if I'm going to mark you or you're going to mark me against these criteria, then you're marking me on how well I've played the game, whether I've understood the rules, whether whether I'm able to to fit my capacity and my preferences. Yeah, I, I love this. I love this example because it really gives an amazing difference of how you can play with feedback as the person who gives feedback. Is this feedback, is the purpose of giving this feedback to enable the person who's getting the feedback to improve their game? Yeah. Yeah. And this is always a lot more helpful, as subjective as it, as it may be, it's a lot more helpful as if I would give feedback just to um, look better or to improve my position as a manager. And then it, it becomes an entirely different thing. And, and, and the personal, what is my aim as a manager? To support someone to, to get to a certain mark, yeah? Yeah. To get like 20 out of 20 rather than 12 out of 20, rather than, you know, with a, with a big picture in mind, of course, with a, you know, the overall goal that you have for your team. But with the, the personal abilities and strength and style yep. that's the person you give the feedback to in mind so I find that often feedback is given based on someone else who's working in a particular way that you really like which you just however hard you try you will not be able to 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 reach because it's not your benchmark and it's not your it's like comparing what, what do you compare against also it doesn't really mean that you, you you're trying to improve the performance yes you want the person to improve their performance but you want them to improve the performance based on the standards and that's um that's a big difference i find and that's when it gets unhelpful as feedback and there's a huge difference there between the the leader the manager or the teacher in that example who is looking at their team or their students as if there is more potential and their job is to maximize the potential of that person. Absolutely. That's where I find the best leadership comes from because they're taking themselves out of it. And often when we're on the receiving end of what feels like really uncomfortable feedback, what we're really hearing is that somebody at a very subliminal level is making it about them. So if the teacher had gone into that scenario from the perspective of, oh, I'm not good enough unless all my students do well, or I have to achieve a certain mark in order to get my performance rating in the school, which a lot of schools here are, are tested on. They're measured on results. So results, results have a role to play in the way that schools are managed. Yeah. That a teacher who comes in from that perspective is very subconsciously going to make the feedback about them and not about the student. And very often we don't realise we're doing this, that we don't realise that the giving of feedback is sometimes about us, that I am not okay unless this person performs in this way. Mm -hmm. I am not okay unless the job is done in this particular style. 
that the person I'm talking to isn't quite understanding the style of writing. So there's a there's a kind of an obvious difference. There's that am I looking at this in order to get the best out of the person I'm giving feedback to? But there's a real subtlety at a subliminal level to whose interests have I got at the root of my heart when I'm giving this feedback. And I think if if in the process of us giving feedback, whether it's in a personal context, I'm driving in the car with my children all of the time, talking to them, I hear myself saying things that can sound like feedback, or whether it's in a work scenario, we've got daily feedback, we've got performance management, and just ask ourselves when we're in that kind of leadership role, have I got the best interests of this person at heart? If I really had their best interests at heart, would I say what I'm about to say? And we might find it changes Mm. because when we come from that perspective, we find it much easier to drop our own personal agenda. We find it much easier to appreciate them for the way that they do things, which might be different from the way that we do things. And it gives a much deeper connection to, to the whole relationship. And then the discussion about the work becomes much more about, okay, this is the game that we're playing. How can we do better at this game? And it's not at all about the person. And sometimes people, are, yeah, I have clients who say, but this person just isn't very good at their job. Well, there are certain things that I'm not very good at, and I'm not going to get great marks, however much I try and I practice. Maybe the discussion needs to be different about, is this the role for you? Is there something else that you want to do? And ultimately, maybe you're just not a fit for this job that we've got. And I know managers say things like it's not personal, but there's a difference between it really deeply not being personal yeah. versus just coming out with words that actually are not are not true. No, I totally agree. It's there's a huge difference. Yeah. So we we talked about that sometimes in a work context, people are trained to give feedback in a certain way. I remember in the back in the in the 1990s we would talk this feedback sandwich you know you say something good about a person and then and then you slip in the thing that you don't like and then you finish with something positive as well what we're trying to point to here is that the how we do something is much less relevant than where we're coming from and this difference between the personal and the impersonal and in order to help somebody when we're giving feedback it's always very helpful to point to the impersonal how are people who are good at this type of work managing to, to get better results? How can I point you towards the criteria and the practices and the principles that underpin mastery in this type of work? So we're moving it away from, you're not good at this, I don't like the way you did this, and we're pointing it towards things that are much more impersonal. So it's this is the marking scheme. If you want to get more points, do more of this and less of this. Mm. And we're pointing it to to the impersonal when we're giving feedback. And I think that's a real differentiator for managers and leaders to to understand that if we point to how things work, how things work in the human mind, how things work in the in the material world, then we'll find the process of giving feedback will be first of all much more comfortable for the manager who might feel like they're facing a potentially difficult situation, but also it's going to be received in a way where it can be heard, where it isn't personal. Because if somebody's hearing something that feels very personal, then immediately their defences will go up. Then just not open to hearing anything that, that you might say. We want to really differentiate between the personal and the impersonal. Yes, absolutely. I, 
I also think that using certain techniques like the sandwich uh, feedback technique is really infuriating when you think about it. Because once you get beyond that system, it's just you can't take anything seriously anymore. I mean, basically, it's totally pointless. Mm-hmm. What I also find interesting in this in this context is the need for us to, and that's something that has changed for me a lot, the need for us to get feedback, whether it comes from a, a very insecure kind of point I need I need to get uh, approval for everything I do. That's why I need to ask for feedback all the time and I need to get a thumbs up from from my manager every day on every single step and I need to copy them in into every email just to cover my... Or whether feedback is really seen as... It's just very helpful to to move forward, you know, because you, you have your perspective and someone else has theirs, and especially when you are in service or you, you're trying to, I, I guess it doesn't matter what, what you do, <laughs> you, you're always working together with, with other people and doing your share of, of something bigger. And it's, it's good to, to get another perspective or another view on this, but it's interesting, I find, to check whether it comes out of a very insecure, needy place or a real, yeah, let's let's do this together, kind of a, a joins interest in something. Yeah, and there are areas where we want to get better and areas where we're, we're actually okay doing things at the level that we're doing them at. And I think the, yeah. the kind of underlying um, foundation of what you're talking about, about our own personal level of security or insecurity comes from a deeper understanding that you and I have and something that we try to expose for our clients is that whole idea of who, who are we really at the core? Yeah. And we're not our jobs. We're not, we're not the things that we do in the material world. But actually that deeper, that kind of default nature of what it means to be human is something that is very separate from what we do in the world and the creations that we create. And therefore, recognition doesn't really mean anything when we come from that much deeper place. It shows up as a very deep security in who we are as an individual. Mm. And just for myself, a couple of different examples. Somebody wrote to me recently about, in fact, about the podcast and said, oh, Kathy, I really appreciate your weekly emails. And I noticed that you do the podcast. And I've noticed sometimes when people do this in the past that they've stopped writing as frequently and it's become an audio an audio message. And you know, I just wanted to say I really appreciate the writing and I hope you continue. Now, in some respects, he was just telling me his preferences, but also it was potentially feedback. And it made me reflect on on my own preferences. I personally enjoy writing. And so it made me think about, oh, actually, I this guy's got a really good point here. I don't want the writing to become a second priority. Mm. And so it it just made me refocus a little bit and make sure that I continue to keep that as part of my weekly work schedule. Now, if I had wanted to move away from writing and I'd seen the audios as a replacement for that, I would have just thought, okay, completely understand that that's where you're coming from, but my preference actually is to move in this other direction. So the feedback is kind of relevant in terms of what it is we want to do and where we want to get mastery. As you know, Marin, going through an advanced coaching certification at the moment, there are five of us doing this program and the last time we got together, we all laughed at the at the way that we get feedback on our coaching calls. We send in these recorded calls 
and our coach, it seems as if he picks the worst possible thing that you do in the call. <laughs> he tells you, why, why did you do that? You know, and then you have a conversation about why you did it, what you could have done differently. But what was really interesting was that was that we were laughing about it. None of us took it personally at all. And that's because, first of all, it's not intended personally. The coach is there to help us improve our coaching, which is very different than, than something that we're doing right or wrong. And also we're there. We're paying this guy to do this advanced certification so that we can become better at a certain thing that we do in our, in our lives. So in the context of we really want to develop mastery in this area, the giving of feedback, the receiving of feedback is critical to us improving what we do. Of course, we focus, we practice, but it's the things that we, that we don't see that are the areas that it's most helpful to get feedback on. And so I just share that as an experience of what could appear to an outsider as, oh gosh, he seems to be picking up on all the things you're doing wrong. Actually, that's not what it is at all. It's about how can this coaching process be better for everybody concerned? And again, it's about pointing to the impersonal. It's pointing to these seem to be the principles and these seem to be the factors that allow you to have more of an impact with the client. Therefore, why don't you practice doing more of this and less of this? And why don't you experiment and see if this works for you? So again, it's coming from the perspective of, of how can we develop mastery yeah. in this work versus what one person thinks about another person. And it's received completely differently than somebody saying, you're a terrible coach. <laughs> like it's not, it just is not received like that at all. No, you need that, don't you? I mean, you, you can listen to your own recordings and obviously I would always find something horrible. And I think often we are our worst um, critic, yeah, in many ways, but um, we need this outside perspective. And it's, it's really, really helpful yeah. to have a healthy relationship to it. And, uh, you know, to, to be, but also to be independent of it, not to put your entire, you know, your entire well-being on, um, on, on the good mark yeah. because, and, and your self-worth on good mark and you know especially for for those podcasts it's, it's a brilliant example for me because I um, I'm not really looking for approval on this mm-hmm. what I would be more interested in is a conversation about what people hear what doesn't really work um, what sort of topics they would rather talk about just that conversation about how helpful this is but I'm not kind of anxious about do, do people like it or, you know, it's, it's for me, it's, it's a big uh, learning. And I'm, I'm always really surprised what we're certain, what has changed in the last few years as well, ever since coming across this understanding, because the whole, the whole purpose of, of feedback is, I, I see this as an entirely different thing. And for me, it's just, Yes, I know you need performance tracking in some sort in a business um, context. And, and I also understand that big organizations especially have to have like sort of formalized procedures for that. It's, it makes a lot of sense. But whether to use it as a career tool to, to get people out and in or like a really helpful development thing that you, you, you can work with rather than being a victim of. That's, I think that makes a huge difference. 
Yeah, and that's almost back to the example at school, isn't yeah. it? That the that my son can do better if he writes his essays in a certain way. And he may or may not at the end of the day get the mark that he wants to get. And he'll look back and say, oh, well, I know I could have done better. And I know if I'd done these things. But in that moment, it doesn't mean anything about him. It's it's something that he can take forward. And then he has choices to take them again, to choose different universities. It's not a good or bad thing in itself. It's just a one direction versus another direction. And I think, again, separating out what it is we're doing. And as you say, with this podcast, this is a great moment to ask people, well, you and I are both learning. This is something new for us. We're not looking for approval. What we're really interested in is getting into conversations that are helpful and interesting to the reader. And for sure, we will get better at how we do that. And we can create different structures. We can create different formats around it. Yeah. But this is a great moment for us to say what was interesting for you what wasn't interesting for you and what would you like to see in the future that could be, be more helpful for the for the context that you're living in the world in and working in the world in. So we make this our open invitation to to send some comments and feedback back to us. I mean, we would absolutely love that. That would be helpful for us and, uh, yeah. Perfect. Marin, thank you so much for the conversation today. Thank you, Kathy. And I and I think there's lots to lots to discover around feedback because it's so multifaceted in a way. It's always a thing that we feel says something about us and we have to judge ourselves against it, but we're not what we're doing. So if we can use it to improve and have more fun and more impact, that's amazing. But it's not it's not who we are. And I think that's that's really good to know. It's very comforting to know. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for tuning in with us today. You can find out more about Kathy at her website, kathypresden.com, and Marin at her website, onmind.me. Wishing you all the best until we connect again next time.